It's turning out to be an all-out battle for your attention. TikTok used to be in reference to a clock, but now it is one of the most recognizable social media platforms, boasting over 1 billion users in over 150 countries and going up against the biggest names in tech. I'm Sky Nell Hughes, and on this edition of 360 View, we're going to look at the controversial rise of TikTok and why platforms like Meta and Google are aggressively trying to diminish its growing popularity. Let's get started. TikTok is being banned from government devices in the United States. For concern, the Chinese parent company ByteDance is using the social media app to spy on Americans. But there does not seem to be agreement across the board from legislators about banning the short video platform. Our international correspondent, Roxana Solano, joins us to show where the line is drawn and who benefits the most from an all-out ban. Roxana. Well, Scotty, the U.S. government has asked ByteDance to sell off TikTok in America or it will be banned. There seems to be a bipartisan support in Congress to ban the social media app from government devices. However, the night before, the CEO was set to testify before Congress. A TikTok protest led by three Democratic representatives, Jamal Bauman, Mark Pocan, and Robert Garcia, took place outside the Capitol. TikTok even paid to fly out 30 of their top content creators from all over the country to join in the protest. They were each holding signs writing out what they believe thrives on TikTok. While the influencers were painting the social media site as a supportive, positive community, members of Congress had a different view of the app during the committee hearing while grilling TikTok CEO Xu Shu. The Chinese Communist Party is engaged in psychological warfare through TikTok to deliberately influence U.S. children. Representative Buddy Carter went on to mention dangerous challenges circulated to young children on the app, some with fatal outcomes. You know about the, uh, about the blackout challenge. You know about the uh, NyQuil chicken challenge, the Benadryl challenge, the dragon's breath liquid nitrogen trend. Do you know whether they have these kind of challenges like this over in China? Because it's my understanding they don't. Whistleblowers have come forward saying TikTok will also promote videos of people feeling depressed and wanting to commit suicide. Where in China, the sister app owned by ByteDance is more of an educational site, promoting positive thinking videos and patriotism. Would you share this content with your children, with your two children? Would you want them to see this? And again, I. I want to warn everyone watching that you may find this content disturbing, but we need to watch this, please. Larry Tip, you got to kill yourself. A word? <laughs> like right now? And then I'm going to put a shotgun in my mouth and blow the brains out of the back of my head. Cool. Do you have full responsibility over the algorithms used by TikTok to prioritize content to its users. Yes or no, please. Uh, Congressman, we, we do take these issues very yeah, seriously. Yeah, yes or no. And we do provide resources for anyone who types in anything. But the big reason TikTok is banned from government devices is the allegation the app is used to spy on Americans through data gathering. 
I want to ban TikTok for a very simple reason. They allow the Chinese Communist Party to gain access to all of the private data on any device in America that's using TikTok. That's our kids, that's phones connected to our kids' phones, and that's a national security threat. However, the two companies who have been lobbying the hardest for the ban on TikTok not only have their own data and privacy violation concerns, but also have the most gain to the fall of the Chinese company. Google and Meta have released copycat versions of TikTok in YouTube and Instagram. If TikTok is banned, they have the most to gain with all those advertising dollars going to their companies. And Facebook parent company Meta agreed to pay $725 million to settle a class action lawsuit. The social media giant was accused of giving third-party access to user data without their consent. The scandal involved the political consulting firm Cambridge Analytica. You can actually file a claim to get part of the settlement money, but you have to enter a bunch of personal private information first. Yeah, sounds real safe, right? And yet, TikTok is the one the U.S. is banning. If it is truly about security and data privacy, they should all be banned. The internet is full of dark places, and young children are spending tons of time exploring them. Worldwide, 90% of teenagers, children 13 to 18, have social media. More than 38% of teenagers across the globe spend over eight hours a day on social media. In the U.S., the average teenager will spend almost two hours on TikTok alone. Depression and anxiety is at an all-time high in children. The real problem might be all of the social media must be banned. And get unplugged. For 360 View, I'm Roxana Solano. Roxana, it's such an interesting conversation when you talk about social media right now and the difference between, it's not only just the youth that I think that are using all of these platforms, I'm seeing more adults, I'm seeing even boomers that are on all these social media platforms to be able to communicate, especially like your family is across country, across the world, so they use it to actually use it as a form of, of keeping in touch with one another. Well, let me tell you, Scotty, my phone doesn't stop buzzing from 5 in the morning until 11, 12 at night because I have chats with my family in Colombia, multiple chats with them. I have work chats. I have co-worker chats. So I can feel the addiction and the drone to um, social media and technology. So it is... Um, it is a problem. <laughs> well, it's not just communication. I have to tell you, I get probably more of my cooking tips and my uh, workout tips as well as cleaning tips. These little things that make life easier actually come from short little videos on TikTok. And nine times out of 10, I don't get much politics, which is probably why a lot of people actually like the app. Roxana, thank you so much for joining us. So joining me now to discuss is tech feature editor for Business Insider, Takendra Palmer. Thanks for joining us, Takendra. You know, there are hundreds of social media platforms on the internet today, but only, I'd say, six who are really major players in the social media game. So what are the key elements in the present to make a social media platform a success? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to one major thing. It's like, where are the people? That's where, you know, the, those are going to be the most successful social media platforms. TikTok has a rapid user adoption base across the world. Um, it's pretty surprising to see. Um, you know, you see platforms akin to that Instagram, um, you know, again, big user numbers there, interesting interface content that people want to engage with. Whereas like Facebook, for example, used to be the thing 
But now user adoption has shifted to Facebook's or Meta's other platforms. And you have you have an older skewed data or an older segment of the population using Facebook. It's still hugely popular, just a different amount of people, different types of people using it. Um, so I'd say where the people are and how good is the content is the is the biggest things when it comes to social media success. So is there a target audience on social media platforms that they come up with when they go after a certain demographic? Yeah, I mean, I, if you if you think of social media companies as their their clients are advertisers, right? They want to be able to serve you the most relevant ads. And so the target demographic is still going to be that like, you know, young well-incomed population that can afford to spend money on things that, you know, 18 to 45 range of people that, you know, are like out there going to concerts, buying things with their money, their parents' money. Um, that I, I, That's the target audience for a lot of social media companies. Do you feel like the goal of social media companies today is about relaying information or is it about making money? And how do these social media companies actually make their dollars? It's about making money 100%, right? Like news, all of those things keep people on the platform. If you can scroll through your Facebook feed and read the like one times or three times articles or three Wall Street Journal articles that you're going to read that day, you're going to stay on that platform and then you're going to engage with grandma's content and you're going to engage with your best friend's content. All of that is keeping you on. And then what you're getting is like the Nike ad for the new TV or like the Nike ad for the new um, kicks that you want to buy or the Netflix ad for the new TV show that you want to watch. Um, keeping your attention means more money for these social media companies. Dekandra, you bring up the idea of all of the money which is involved in social media platforms which actually makes me think of influencers. Now this is across the board on all of these social media platforms. And this is a key element of this battle is the influencers and the money that they're getting. Are influencers taking a big chunk out of the marketing budgets, the traditional budgets of those traditional medias? That's a good question. I mean, I think that influencers play a different role than traditional media. They are content creators for a new digital age and they play a highly important role in going back to your first question, what makes social media platforms successful? So if you think about TikTok's early era, and I'm sure they're doing this to some, uh, some extent or another, but in countries in which they first started coming in, they started spending a lot of money on bringing influencers onto the platform, cultivating new influencers, and giving money to people so they can spend their time generating content on the platform. And the one reason for that is if you have good content, you're going to have, like, if you build it, they will come, right? If you have good content, people will come onto the platform. Um, but that also gives influencers a outsized role in these platforms in terms of, you know, they can strike their own advertising deals with, you know, major companies and charge, you know, anywhere from thousands of dollars to millions of dollars for, like, for, for displaying, you know, for hyping up some company's product on their platform. Um, it also makes them very susceptible to, you know, government regulations when they do come in. And, you know, the question mark of how does this creator economy then respond to um, 
and respond to government regulations threatening their livelihoods is a very interesting question. Is there a social media platform that is more attractive to influencers? And what makes influencers actually decide to go on one platform, or do they all now just do multi-platforms? I think most influencers right now are multi-platform. And it's easy for them, right? Because if you see what TikTok did, they essentially took like the early aughts era of Vines, those short form videos, um, and made them popular again. And now every company from YouTube to Facebook, Instagram, which is owned by Meta, um, is doing them. So it's not, it's, not un it's not that difficult to say, I'm going to put some content up on TikTok and then repeat that content on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and monetize it in all those ma major media platforms. Well, I think all this brings us to the pandemic and the rise of TikTok. It was actually a hero because it kept people at home and still engaged, interacting, and active. I feel like everybody used to be cheering for it, and now they're cheering for its demise. So what do you feel like happened to change the tide? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very interesting question. And I think part of it has to do with where TikTok comes from. If you look at the major media, social media platforms that arose during the early aughts, they were all American social media companies, right? Um, but TikTok, even if their new offices are for, for like ByteTance are based in, um, you know, Singapore or, you know, they're moving to Ireland, they're still a Chinese company. And I think that gives a lot of legislators room for pause. Because whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, we, by downloading these apps and using them, are giving them a lot of data on who we are, what we do, where we are, and all of that data can be used and manipulated. We've seen that happen before, where there's a potential for that to happen with a social media platform like TikTok. The fact that you know they're sharing data into Chinese data centers raises the major question, and I think this is a legit question, that that data can then be used by the Chinese government. Um, and so you see a bipartisan support for a cautious approach to a company like TikTok. Thank you to Kendra Palmer. Now, this seems like a great time to take a break because when we return, we are going to look into why people are only concerned if certain governments have access to their data rather than all of the governments.
каратели из националистических батальонов, они сразу пришли на Донбасс убивать, пришли на Донбасс грабить, насиловать. Это были пытки, это были очень жесткие допросы. То есть людей ломали конкретно. Украинские националисты не воспринимали жителей Востока Украины в качестве полноценных украинцев. Для чего они убили вот эту женщину, мою мать? Разве она жить не хотела? Хотела жить. Интересно, их мамы хотят жить? Больше 90% пришло на референдум и проголосовало в поддержку Донецкой Народной Республики. Welcome back. We are looking at the various controversies surrounding TikTok with our guest tech feature editor for Business Insider, Dekandra Palmer. Dekandra, there's a multiple avenues I want to go with your answer on this. So first, from a user perspective, nothing is free. Users get on social media platforms and then shocked that their information or activity have advertisements garnered towards what their posts are, what their interests might actually be. Nothing is ever free. One has to give something. Shouldn't people have expected their data to be used from all the platforms, including TikTok? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think this is the implicit understanding of a social media platform is by engaging in it, we are not their customers, we are their product. Everything that we do on it is then being sold to advertisers. Um, and there's, you know, positives and negatives that are associated with that. That's not unique to TikTok, that's across the board. So what can any government and I want to say this includes the Chinese government, do with the information they gained, which out of TikTok shows, honestly, for me, I'm a bad dancer, a horrible cook, and an even worse giving tips on how to clean. Why should all of this be alarming to the traditional consumer? Yeah, I mean, I think it's different data, right? Like the other sort of, and, you know, I, I think that right now the question of how this is happening is um, still a question mark. We've seen it play out in... Um, other parts of the world. So we have a reasonable understanding of this. But, you know, the big question is, can these platforms be used to manipulate us in certain ways with misinformation, disinformation, whatnot? And those things, you know, they may not care about how your, you know, your cleaning tips and all of those things, but they might care about your location, where you're based. They might care about the content that you're, you're engaging with to see how susceptible you are to certain points of view. Um, those are the questions that I think companies have about TikTok. But again, I want to stress that those questions are just as legitimate for Facebook and Instagram. The degree to which Facebook and Instagram handle that, those questions are also you know, different and require scrutiny. Um, but it, it is a question that is social media writ large. Why is it just lately 
those questions are just being focused on TikTok. If every social media platform is collecting the same data, why are we now seeing congressional hearings on TikTok? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's progression, right? Like there's we had these hearings around Facebook and Cambridge Analytica um, around, you know, after 2016. We had questions about the way that Facebook and you know, the company was known as Facebook back then, Microsoft, et cetera, were sharing data with the U.S. government after the Edward Snowden leaks in 2013. This is just the hot new thing right now. And there's new questions that are arising. And there's also that sort of element of the fact that it is a foreign company. Um, no, no longer can we be sort of assured that, you know, it's an American company Therefore, they will have the best interest. You know, we can have, let's have a healthy dose of skeptical uh, skepticism in saying that. But like the, the, the argument might go an American company might have a, a, a interest in protecting, you know, American users question mark on how Chinese companies may use American user data or Chinese companies may use Indian user data as where another TikTok ban occurred. But here's the funny thing, Dekandra. Don't you find it curious, for the past few years here in America, there has been this outcry and congressional hearings on social media platforms like Facebook, YouTube, but for censoring and making sure traffic was limited on certain political posts. Now it seems those same politicians are the loudest advocates for the banning of TikTok here in the United States. Why is this? Yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting question. Um, I think that, you know, we have to sort of pierce through the political rhetoric over here and just realize that these bans, I mean, there might be some sort of, they, they, there is that international element to it of should, like, you know, we can all come together to be like, do we want the Chinese government to have our data? That it, it's, a, it's more of a unifying element than sort of the, 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 the sort of partisan looks at Facebook and YouTube um, and, those, and those social media companies. But, you know, the, the question of why is that? I think it's a, TikTok is an easy target in some ways for that kind of bipartisan, um, you know, anger, um, if you want to call it that, or skepticism, maybe may a better word. You know, the social media giant Meta lobbying efforts in Washington, D.C. in 2022, they actually spent over $20 million on lobbying. And in 23 so far, they're projecting at $459 billion spent on lobbying the U.S. Congress. And this is all according to Open Secrets. I mean, they're the second largest group behind a big pharma now. What does this mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, business is deeply cynical. Um, so you align yourself where you can um, and you let your competitors be taken out. I don't think we should at all be surprised by that. Um, on the question of lobbying, I think this is this is a really important question that you've raised. The amount of money that tech is spending in our political systems for influence is just going up and up and up. And that will raise really important questions for how we regulate technology companies. Whether there are American companies or Chinese companies, at the end that doesn't matter because there are going to be consequences for the average user no matter what. They may be different styles of consequences, but there are going to be consequences. And that is something that every journalist, every watchdog should be watching is where is that money going to and how are the politicians responding? Let's talk about journalistic integrity. Are you a little bit concerned, considering more journalists are actually having to rely on social media platforms 
all to get their work out about honesty in, in reporting on these same platforms? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, this is a sort of catch-22 that's been um, an issue for our in industry for a while. Um, but I think there is something to be said for, you know, there have been, you know, over the last 10 years, news companies that arose to cater for the social media age, BuzzFeed, The Vices, like those companies are now sort of shuddering and going to the wayside. And, you know, if you look at media strategies now, I think we're very aware of what it means to have platforms come to us natively or find us through search or find us through the Apple Newses of the world. There will always be a tech intermediary of some sort because we all use tech in one way or another. But I don't think that that legitimately impacts the rigor of investigative journalism that you see um, targeting tech companies from outlets like The Markup, from you know outlets like ourselves. Um, I think that the distribution question is a big question and it's an existential question, but I think we're still doing our jobs and I hope, would hope we still continue to do our jobs. Recently, the TikTok CEO was brought in front of Congress and various influencers were actually made available at the request of TikTok to talk about why they believe TikTok was being targeted. Now, the repeated answer was it was one of the only true free speech platforms currently. Now, TikTok says it doesn't try to edit or point people in a certain direction, as other platforms have been accused of doing in the past. So what is the best platform for free speech right now with the least amount of involvement by the company or the organization that owns them? Um, well, first of all, none of these companies have total free speech. Um, and I've reported on TikTok's content moderation operation before. I can tell you that there are things that they will take down because they have to take down because advertisers would not want, you know, a free for all on their platforms. So I think that is a bit of a misnomer. I think that that raises a really interesting question. A company can say that. And the truth of the matter is they're content moderation strategies are completely opaque to the general public. We don't know that unless we're talking to their sort of rank and file and are investigating their working conditions to, and then gleaning information about how they're moderating content as well. Um, so whether TikTok is a true free speech platform, I think that's a little bit BS, but I don't think any of the major um, platforms are true free speech because that would be antithesis to their business models. You know, I'm sure you heard what the CEO of TikTok proposed as changes to its policies. These include none of the data actually going back to China. The CEO also stated they had hired an American company, which happens to be one of the largest donors to the Republican Party, to hold all of their data stateside. Will the amends offered by the TikTok CEO to Congress actually restore faith and trust in TikTok? I think it depends on who you ask about faith and trust, right? Because if you're looking at TikTok's user base, I think they do trust TikTok. They're still on it. These congressional hearings um, on some level, and I, I do want to stress it, um, it, it feels like the concerns of the geriatric um, population in some way, right? I think that the sort of digital native population that is using TikTok is very cognizant that the questions that... Um, you know, people are asking about TikTok are true for all of the social media platforms they engage with. And 
there's a sort of learned helplessness to it to a certain extent. Now, the question about sensitive data with the Chinese government and things, I don't know what the, like, you know, American population at large thinks of that. I'm curious to see a Pew Research poll on um, where, where they stand with it. But I think that because that idea is so nebulous right now, um, it, it, you might as well replace Chinese government with any government. Um, and it would have the same resonance, you know, which is to say it is a fear maybe, but it is as ambiguous a fear as any other government having access to your data. You know, consumers in America and even in the EU are complaining about TikTok having ties to China. Yet most of the phones used also were built in China. Technology like the microchips were built in China. Is it peculiar they have no objection to their phone being made in China, but an app? I mean, it really depends, right? Like, I think that um, I don't know if we have reporting to suggest that there are like major hardware concerns that like the Foxconn factories are, you know, going it, it putting in nefarious malware into their CPUs or anything like that. Um, you know, I'm, I'd be curious. Let's uh, let's see how the world plays out. Um, I think that like the software concern is a little more legitimate because the way that you know these apps can extract data, they're kind of getting your consent to do it. It's just then how do you use that data as a question. Um, but yeah, um, I think I, I, to answer your question, I think the software concern is a tad more concerning than the hardware concern. Oh, thank you so much to Kendra Palmer, tech feature editor for Business Insider. Well, this has been your 360 View with the news you can use. I'm Scott Nell Hughes. Thanks for watching.